You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with radio talk show host Dan Gilman, Cindy Gilman's son. So listen, participate, be inspired, know that you can discover your potential. Here is Dan Gilman. Welcome to Discover Your Potential. I'm your host, Dan Gilman, and today we have a very special show. I actually found in the archives of my mother's archives a old an old interview that she had that she had done all about around angels. It was her belief about angels. She wrote countless letters to angels while she was here on this planet, asking them for help and guidance. She also believed that helping to touch people's lives and her work that she did. She was a pioneer intuitive, as you already must know, but she was a medium and she did guided imagery. She did hypnosis. She did Reiki. She combined all of these modalities to help people. One of those was to make people aware that angels do exist. Each person has their own angel. At least that is what she believed. And I look forward to hearing your feedback. I'm going to play this. It's an older film, so you have to excuse some of the quality. But I thought you would very much enjoy it from the archives. Now, we found a lot of audio cassette tapes, a lot of content around my mother that I will be promoting and publishing uh, over the next year. It's really a, a, a really great source of, of materials that my mother produced over her lifetime. And I'm very proud of what she's done and what she's produced and who the amount of people that she's touched. As I mentioned, when, when I spoke with Gordon Two Bears, uh, our, our very first episode after she had passed, the number of people that called me after she passed away, over 60, well over 60, and told me that she touched so many people's lives. Well, my mom, in her own essence, was an angel. And I really look forward to having you and share this interview with you that was published many years ago. Enjoy and take a listen. Today our show is Do You Believe in Angels? Is it women's tuition? Is it ESP? Is it really there? Today, our, my guest is Cindy Gilman. She's an integrative holistic practitioner and a spiritual medium. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you for having me, Deborah. And that's interesting because I hear that so much more now than I did years ago. Do you believe in angels? Do I believe in angels? <laughs> I'm certainly believe in angels, and this is one of my favorite times of the year because everywhere you look, People are talking about angels. You see them in the stores. They're everywhere, but angels are always with us. So I thought today might be a good time to discuss angels, their effect on our lives. What, angel, what are angels really, and what is the difference between our loved ones who have crossed over to the other side and the true angels. Well, before we start, let's get some background about Cindy Gilman for our viewers. Well, some of your viewers may remember me from WHJJ, where I did a radio show for 13 years, or um, when 
real audio or internet radio first started, I did a show on IDS Radio Network. And um, I've been doing this work professionally for over 30 years. That's a long time. <laughs> and you're still going at it. Still going strong. <laughs> um, most people, when they first talk to me or interview me, usually ask me, when, when did I first realize that I had ESP? And I remember the first time someone interviewed me, and I had to stop and think. And I said, when somebody asked me, <laughs> because from the time I was very, very young, I was having intuitive experiences and spiritual experiences. And, um, you know, initially, I was a child performer. When I was young, I did not grow up and say, when I grow up, I'm going to be a spiritual medium. <laughs> I was singing professionally from the time I was six years old. In fact, some of my initial spiritual experiences was in my early years. And um, I went to Emerson College. Henry Winkler and I were freshmen together. We did our first <laughs> acting scene together. And I used to tease him and say the only reason we did, because I was the only female in the class shorter than he was. <laughs> He'll probably kill me if he hears me say that. And um, I also studied at New England Conservatory of Music and then left for New York to perform and had uh, some wonderful years. And my maternal grandmother, God rest her soul, um, was staying in Miami. Uh, I was performing there, and I was performing at all the big hotels. Before South Beach became South Beach, it was the big hotel. And um, I was in my late 20s, and she said, uh, it's time for you to go home and do your real work. And I said, oh my gosh. I am doing my real work. And she went, not this singing nonsense, your real work. And I said, okay. I called my manager. I called my agent. Because if my grandmother said, don't cross the street, you just didn't cross the street. <laughs> Even though she didn't, she would never understand what extrasensory perception meant or what parapsychology meant. She would just say, my heart told me so. So I went back to Boston, and I hadn't lived at home for a long time. And people were calling my parents' house and saying, could we come over and talk to Cindy? And I said, why? And they came and they discussed things with me. And I would talk about their loved ones who had passed over and tell them about the signs that they were sending. And finally, my mother said, you know, you better get an office. This isn't Grand Central Station. <laughs> and I said, why? <laughs> Uh, in any case, that was the beginning, and um, I decided to go back to school, and because in the late, well, in the mid-1970s, there really weren't that many people doing intuitive work or mediumship work, and there weren't very many. No. No. <laughs> there weren't many books out. Um, there were a few books written about Edgar Cayce. Uh, who was called the Sleeping Prophet. So I decided to go back to school, and I went to Bridgewater College and just tried to take as many psychology courses as I could, but there was nothing relating to what I was doing. Right. And so 
I took a year and put together an intuitive development class for other people. Um, I was seeing clients. I was doing guest spots on different TV shows and radio shows, and um, and it just it just kind of I guess the angels were pushing me and you know in the direction that I was supposed to be. I I think back then. And I'm recalling some instances, but people were there believing in a lot of that, but it was more or less a closet type thing. They were kind of afraid what people might say, would think, whether they were well, people on the edge. People did not want to discuss their intuitive experience. And as you said, it's people used to refer to it as women's intuition, but. In actuality, men have, and, and some of some men are the most well-known spiritual mediums and intuitives, and children have one. You know, they have wonderful intuitive experiences and experiences with angels and with their loved ones that have passed over, and they're very eager to discuss their their experiences. It's just. Sometimes their parents right. don't understand it. And many times, I worked with a number of youngsters who were highly intuitive, and this was in the late, mid to the late 70s. Uh, in fact, Dr. Rhine, who coined the phrase ESP, uh, got in touch with me and said, and he was in North Carolina. He started the Institute of Parapsychology. Oh, wow. He's in the Encyclopedia Britannica, and he said, I understand you're working with psychic children and psychokinetic children. And those are the kids who could put their hands over a spoon and just send the energy and bend oh, it like okay. a pretzel. Yes. And we used to do these wonderful uh, experiments because I refused to take the kids down to North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> they were having enough, enough um, problems being understood by their other sure. peers and um, to uh, hook them up to all kinds of uh, research gizmos and they would all meet at my home and they'd discuss their intuitive experiences and well children have more of a free spirit an open willingness absolutely everything I think as you get older you put the wall up. Yes, you, you seem to to build that wall and just kind of stay focused. You know, the working, family, you know, social life. And you're really not as open. I think. Or they're told that they ha they must have a vivid imagination. <laughs> Always, yes, I recall. <laughs> <laughs> they must have a vivid imagination, <laughs> or they have imaginary friends. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do know, you know a few. when children when children say. <laughs> But your grandpa Ralph is right there, and that you know it's it's not a vivid imagination. It's kids are much more open to feeling the energy of spirit, of people that have crossed over to the other side of the angelic realm. I mean, they talk freely. You you know if you if you ask kids, do you believe in angels? The, their eyes will light up, and they'll. And and if you ask them, well, what do angels look like? And they just get this wonderful look of amazement because angels truly, if you take the word angel, 
the English word angel, it actually comes from a Greek word, which means messenger of the creator. And that's, angels were always created as angels. They were, they were not human beings, although mm -hmm. some angels take human form. And there are stories of people who have had extraordinary experiences. And if we have time, I will tell you one of mine that still it just happened last year that still amazes me. I'm still, I'm still scratching my head over it. Um, Absolutely. But um, angels are messengers. And, and the messages that they send are of hope, of love, um, of encouragement. And there are many, many levels of angels, and probably the, the most familiar of those are the archangels. Um, in the Catholic Church, they call them Saint Michael, Saint Gabriel. Um, the archangels are Michael, who is mm -hmm. the defender, uh, Gabriel, and Gabriel is the angel that takes messages directly to the Creator, Raphael, which is one of my favorite angels, who is the healing angel. And Uriel, which you probably uh, would like to call on. Uriel is the angel of the arts and writing, and he usually appears with a scroll. And there are many, many levels of angels. And um, there, uh, there are many book wonderful books. There are wonderful books about angels and how to connect with your angels. We all have guardian angels. I that, truly yes, believe. I truly believe. I truly that. believe Absolutely. we all have guardian angels. Um, and children, as we started to say, they'll always talk about their angel and what they look like. And they'll talk about, you know, about their feathery wings and their halos. And if you look at paintings and spiritual pictures of holy people, you'll always see this beautiful, brilliant circle of light, and which is the spiritual aura. And angels are light. They bring light to our lives. So I you definitely. have a problem, call in your angels. Mm -hmm. I do believe that. And it takes a lot of faith. I mean, with things that have happened in people's lives, um, faith is one of the biggest things. But um, there are angels, or, you know, everybody has their own belief. But in today's world, we seem to be more open to the spirituality, yes. to the openness of thinking or feeling that there are spiritual guides and angels. The, um, in, in just, in every, um, organized religion uh, in Judaism and Christianity in Buddhism and the Muslim religion and Hinduism you'll all and especially in the Old Testament and New Testament talks freely about the angels mm -hmm. and um, and the angels that came as messengers to various people in so it is not sacrilegious some people say well you know, well, what if, is this sacrilegious? No. Read your yeah. scriptures. Mm -hmm. 
the angels are right there. And um, I can't think of a better time in our society and this time of year to talk about this because people are going through so much. Absolutely. It's, we are going through a time of change. We are going through a time of transition. And we all need hope. And we all need joy in our lives. And, you know, when you journal the, the angels, when you sit down and learn how to journal them, angels have a sense of humor. They'll make you laugh. They'll make you think. They'll, they'll be playful. They want us to have a joyful life. Sometime, um, you know, of looking for messages, people will say, you're not paying attention. That's right. Because people will go, oh, I, uh, you know, you could be out in the middle of a parking lot of, uh, at the mall, and you find a feather. <laughs> and you just go, and you start to look around, and you just go, where would that feather come from? Or a coin. I mean, I've always picked up a penny or a diamond and go, the angel, an angel had gotten its wings, Some, their wings. Well, one of the most famous, speaking of that, even in Hollywood, in the, a movie that usually shows this time of year, which is It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. That famous angel, Clarence, every time a <laughs> bell rings, an angel yes. gets its wings. Yes. The, um, speaking of dimes uh, and coins, sometimes those are sent by angels, but sometimes our loved ones that have crossed over, our relatives, our parents, our grandparents, will send various signs. And uh, over 10 years ago, when my own father passed over, uh, I started finding dimes. And uh, I brought three of them, which I keep in a cup. I have many that I keep in a cup that he has sent. I'll walk into my office and there'll be a dime in the middle of a carpet. Or I'll come home and there'll be a dime on the floor. When my mom was ill and I was flying to Florida, the, the plane was packed except for the seat next to me. And I looked on the carpet on the floor and there was a dime. And I went, <laughs> OK, Dad, I know you're flying with me. So if people are looking for signs, sometimes they overlook signs. You know, it, what's that old expression, pennies from heaven? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and there's, we have angels in Hollywood films. We have songs and music. And, of course, the music of the angels is beautiful if you meditate on the angels. But um, there, there was a, an old big band song, We Kiss and the Angels Sing. I haven't heard that one, but uh, I'll check maybe that one I'm out. I'm older than you are. So, um, <laughs> Not by far. <laughs> angels, uh, angels want us to be happy. They want us to be joyful. They want us to have hope. And maybe if, you know, today during our hour together, if there's one message that I can bring across is that there is hope. We are going through a transition, and it's a difficult time for so many people. And, and it's not just here. It's not just in New England. It's not just in this country. It's all over the world. We're going through a shift. And sometimes it isn't until afterwards 
when everything levels off, that we realize why we had to go through that shift. You know, a lot of people are complaining, oh, I don't have enough money to buy all the gifts that I usually get and the big high-priced ticket items. And Well, maybe our priorities need to be looked at. Maybe it's the significance of the holidays now. We're dealing with different holidays. Um, one holiday in the Jewish religion, which is Hanukkah, which is the festival of light. Mm -hmm. And the angels represent light, and the Creator represents light. And I think if we look at the spiritual significance, rather than how much, how big, how great, how many, and learn to reach out to each other. And, and I think we're seeing that in terms of young people, children, who are collecting toys and food for children who might not get a gift this holiday, and children that collect food for the community food banks and the food pantries. I've seen it where I've seen children going in, you know, at the Christmas time area uh, where you have people collecting money or whatever, mm -hmm. and taking out of their pocket of money that they have to spend and putting in there without anybody edging them page. to do so. Yes. Um, and, and it's quite rewarding to see that, that it's not all about the me, because I think we've had that for a very long time. Um, in adults, and we pass, right. th we seem to pass that on. But I'm seeing a change, like you said, a shift. There's a shift. A lot of w the way people are th feeling and thinking today, right. and responding to it, which is a good feeling. It's a wonderful feeling. It gives you some peace. Well, I think there's a great deal of comfort. This is a very difficult time of year for people that have lost loved ones, especially those people that have lost children, children of all ages, whether they're two years old, 12 years old, 22 years old, 50 years old. Mm. Um, it's during this time or significant times of the year when we sometimes think about our loved ones that are no longer on this plane. But there's a great deal of comfort in knowing that our loved ones, I believe that the soul is eternal. We're here, we come here to this plane to learn certain things, to touch other lives, and when someone goes through a loss, it's, it's a great deal of comfort for them to know that the soul of their loved one is watching over them or near them. And very recently, uh, someone came to my office and, and said, well, why is it that your daughter, my daughter, speaks to you or communicates through you, but I don't get any signs? And just as she said that, the lamp in my office went so bright, 
I've never seen it just whoop. It just bright, the whole room lit up. And we both looked at each other. And she said, <laughs> I saw that. And then it just went And I, I just called out to her daughter and I said, if that's you, make it happen again. And whoop, it happened again. Wow. So some people may not be as open to telepathic communication that I get, but uh, certainly there are things that sometimes that you look can. too hard. Sometimes you could be looking try. to the left when they, it's coming over <laughs> here and it's right here, and people Some, say you need to just stay really close and just keep an open mind. Some people try too hard. Yes, they try to, and sometimes when we least expect it, that's when those little miracles occur. That's when those little miracles occur. So, have you ever had an experience with an angel? You know, I've had in dreams. Mm -hmm. I mean, I find feathers, even in my garage. What kinds of feathers? They're white feathers, mm -hmm. usually white. Those are I have found them getting out of a car um, at the mall, mm -hmm. at the Emerald Square Mall, mm -hmm. which you look around going, there is just no possible way. Emerald Square, yeah. a long well, way I, from home, Dorothy. <laughs> um, in my garage, which I have no birds that fly in my garage, mm -hmm. but there'll be white feathers. Um, and I probably had that happen three different times. And, and another time I can recall is at the gravesite of my grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, I find pennies quite often. Mm -hmm. I find dimes quite often. Mm -hmm. And it's like uh, you begin to go, okay, got it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Or you'll be thinking of something and you'll say, you know, whatever it may be, or um, you're focusing on whether it's a project you're working on or a family member, and you just go, you know, I just need to know it's okay or things will be okay health-wise, and, and all of a sudden a you'll sign. find exactly. And there are so many different kinds of signs. You were just talking about feathers, and I have mm. a number of friends who are Native American, and. Um, they have a very strong connection with nature and the significance of feathers and the birds that they they come from and um, and also their the the grandfathers and the healing spirits that help them in their in their healing work and um, the animal totems when an animal spirit appears and it's very interesting because um, after my dad passed, I was finding dove feathers. Oh my goodness. Dove feathers. And then a dove would just appear on my balcony, on the, fe the uh, railing of the balcony. Now his memorial is in the middle of February, when doves generally aren't around. And a few years ago, I woke up and the, uh, the blind in my room was closed, and I saw this little shadow outside the window. And I o opened my eyes, and I heard the, the cooing, and I see this little shadow, and I open the shade, and it's the morning of his memorial. And there's this dove sitting on my windowsill. 
Probably in the freezing. middle of the winter. <laughs> winter. And, I, and I thought, hi. <laughs> I said, aren't you a beautiful bird? And it, it wasn't until, you know, I thought the cooing, you know, you think of doves and, and but doves are actually mourning doves. And it's spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, grieving doves, mourning doves. Oh my goodness! I and when know. they've lost their part, their little partner, they coo, they coo because they're looking for. But it was a friend of mine, who actually is a grief therapist, who said, "Well, of course doves are going to appear. They're mourning doves." And I went, "I know. They come in the morning." <laughs> and she said, "No, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G." Oh my goodness! Yes, I did not know that. So I have a, a whole collection of little dove feathers. In fact, on a doorway inside the building, I opened the door, and on the doormat, there was a dove feather. And I said, okay, there's, there's, no, there's no logical way that a feather could get inside a building. Right. That's why people need to pay attention today, just a little bit more than what they have been. Um, and, and have hope. Have right. hope. I think that's so important. Hope and faith. What did you bring with you today? I have so much stuff. <laughs> I have so much stuff here. Um, well, I brought, you know, all of the different uh, information about the archangels. Absolutely, that's where we'll start. And um, as I mentioned before, uh, Michael, which dates back to the Old Te Testament, Michael, and the, the English meaning of Michael is who is God. And um, his name is a battle cry. He, he's the leader of the archangels. He's the head honcho. And um, in the Catholic Church, he's also known as Saint Michael. And he's, he's the pr protector. And um, Michael, when I do, I teach a, a, a two-part angel workshop for people. And I talk about what we're talking about, the difference between angels our loved ones that have passed on that are spiritualized souls, spirit guides, and the ascended masters. And, um, and then in the second part, we do angel journaling, which is really fun. And Raphael, when, when I'm doing energy healing, I will often call on Raphael, who is the archangel of healing. First time, funny thing um, in, in the angel journaling. Um, I, I just got this message, you know, that the group of Raphael was with me, and why didn't I call on them? So I thought, okay, I will call on Raphael. And the next time someone came in and needed healing, um, usually I do healing on a table. Um, and I incorporate or synthesize various energy healing me methods, uh, including Reiki. Um, 
I called, I sat this person in the chair. And um, I said a little prayer before I started, and I called on Raphael. And all of a sudden, I felt this incredible warmth and feathery, I, I don't want to sound trite, because wh when it happened, it was, it was just so beautiful, but I, I could feel, literally feel his wings around me. And the woman who was sitting in the chair, because I, when, just talking about it, my hands get red, if you notice. Um, the woman sitting in the chair said, what just happened? <laughs> and I went, we have company. <laughs> um, so when I, uh, I often call on Raphael, or when people are going through health issues, as many mm -hmm. people are today, well, they are, have always, but it seems today that a lot of illnesses are just rampant. And, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, one of the things that I, I truly, in doing radio over the years, I got to interview some really wonderful people, including Dr. Bernie Siegel, who wrote Love, Medicine, and Miracles. And, um, and one of his messages is that people who are going through medical treatment need to take an active part in their healing process. And they should. They can. You know, need to have that, a positive mind to get through some of the treatments. And it's also been proven with that positive mindset, spiritual, and your medical field, mm -hmm. your healing begins faster. And when you take an active part, whether it's meditating or um, just whatever, whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's meditating, prayer, um, exercise, uh, yoga, um, nutritional counseling, um, having a positive attitude, even moving forward and seeing yourself whole and well, mm -hmm. and, um, and using guided imagery. Uh, there, is, there is evidence that, that people make a, a more speedy recovery. Um, there was a doctor who had done a great deal of research through the National Institute of Health and mm -hmm. wrote a book about it. Yes, there was um, a surgeon who did also um, about cancers mm -hmm. and about the mindset and the spiritual and blending both of them together and had proven that with the positive mind, with the faith, with the spirituality, meditation, that sort of thing, even though you were doing the medical side of it mm -hmm. with the treatments, but blending them together made such a uh, larger, um, re uh, quick recovery than it initially did with the group that they didn't do any of that. Dr. Andrew Weil, who yes. wrote the book, Spontaneous Healing. I got to interview him when I was doing internet radio. He's just this big teddy bear kind of guy, but he's brilliant. I mean, he started out as a botanist, and he's kind of synthesized um, 
holistic or um, I don't like to call it alternative medicine because it's not an alternative. I believe that holistic people and Western medicine should be working together. And he teaches at a medical school in Arizona and he teaches medical students how to meditate so they can teach their patients how wow. to meditate. So kudos to him. Yes, exactly. And he was delightful. He he was just, he was such a delightful man. And he truly has synthesized Western medicine and complementary medicine. Anyway, where was I? We've gotten off the track. A You've got of your time. archangels. <laughs> I've and got my we, archangels uh, here. So much to do in so little time. So we have Michael, Raphael, Gabriel. Um, which initially came from the word Geber, which means man and God, or man or God, and um, and it also means God of strength. And and it in the um, it it was to the Blessed Mother Mary that Gabriel came to announce the birth, and also uh, in the Old Testament. It was uh, Gabriel who came to the prophet Daniel, and um, Gabriel is the messenger that mm -hmm. takes messages directly from the Creator and to the Creator. And um, it's a pretty powerful entity. Pretty powerful entity. One you better have on your side. I think they're all on our side. I, I think I so too. I truly think they're all on our side. I, um, as I mentioned before, Uriel, who is the the fourth archangel, um, which Uriel is the angel of interpretation, and uh, when we generally see him, pictures or or uh, paintings of him, he's seen with a scroll as his symbol. And he is the leader of the seraphim. And he's associated with the arts, with music in particular, and, um, and writing, and, um, and of change. And we certainly, Uriel, right now must be very busy, mm. because we're going through some major changes. <laughs> major changes. So. Um, you know, I, I brought, I brought. There are many books that people can get. Um, there but are you're in one of the books. I'm in one of the books, but not about angels. I am in a book. May I tell the story? Do we have Absolutely, time? Absolutely, yes. Do we have time? Um, one of the things that I think people don't understand is that. Those of us who are intuitives or spiritual mediums, we're also very sensitive. And we're, um, we're very sensitive when there is a change coming, when there is um, something that's going to affect a number of people. And, uh, and various people have intuitive experiences in different ways. Some people sense it. Some people get thoughts about it. Some people, like myself, feel it in their physical system. Some people um, have clear audience. Um, some people get a mental picture in their third eye. 
Um, the other misinterpretation or, or, uh, that I want to mention is most people feel that intuitives and mediums are mind readers and know everything. <laughs> we don't. I don't think so. <laughs> we are not psychic peeping toms. We don't want to be. That's the information that's needed to come through comes through. In Rhode Island, uh, we suffered, uh, suffered uh, a very bad tragedy a few years ago, and that yes. was the station nightclub fire. Mm -hmm. um, the day of the fire, um, and people in my office are used to me going through my psychic attacks. I walked around going, do you smell smoke? Do you smell smoke? Anybody smell smoke? And they're going, no. Uh, as the hours progressed, I was feeling something and smelling smoke and feeling just weakened and canceled my appointments and I went home and um, I knew there was going to be a fire. I didn't know where it was. Um, I knew that it was going to affect an, a number of people. And finally, I just plunked myself down on the couch, put the TV on and conked out. And uh, I awoken too, because I didn't at the time live far from uh, the road that leads to Route 95 to the sound of ambulances. Just, tr and I looked at the TV, I looked at the cable box, and I and looked at and said, "My, the news is on awfully late." It was after midnight, and there was the fire. And I thought, oh my, this Many is. Many people. But then I heard the ambulances, and then they announced where it was, and I thought, this is what I've been feeling all day. And it was, uh, there was nothing. The sad and difficult part is there's nothing you can do about it to stop it or change it. So I watched a bit of it, and then I thought, I, I just I can't watch this anymore. I, got ready for bed, went to sleep, got up the next morning, and I was just exhausted from the entire experience. Went into the kitchen, made myself a pot of coffee, little pot of coffee. And I'm sitting in the dining area having a cup of coffee, and um, a young man appears between in the hallway between um, I know some people are going to think, whoa, that's weird, between the dining area and the hall. And at first I wasn't sure if, if it, it was a very androgynous looking person. I didn't, long blonde hair, blue eyes, short black leather jacket, glittery t-shirt, and I didn't know if it was a male or a female. <laughs> and, um, and, and young people today, it, it's, and, um, I was sitting there with my cup of coffee thinking, whoa, and just, he said, please call my father, and then disappeared. And I went, okay. He didn't tell me who he was. He didn't tell me who his father was. So I picked up my coffee, and at this point my hand was shaking a bit. 
and a few moments later he appeared again. And then he showed me what he looked like after the fire, and I was a bit taken aback, and then showed me what he looked like before the fire, and just said, please call my father. I said, this is somebody who was in the fire last night, and I don't know who he is or how to reach his father. I opened my personal phone book, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you. You open a book, and you open it to the page that, that you, you need. It. <laughs> Maybe some of you can relate to this. You just open it, that. and there it is. Yes. And there was my colleague from radio, Dave Kane, who I had guested on his show, known him from radio for years, and didn't really know much about his personal life. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm supposed to call Dave and go on the air and find out who this young person's father is and let him know that he's made it over to the other side and he's okay. And all I had was his beeper number. So I called and left a message. And the message was, Hi, Dave. This is Cindy Gilman. I heard about what happened last night, and if there's anything that I can do, please call me. And I left all my phone numbers for him. And that night, he called me back. And he said, Cindy, this is Dave. How did you know? I said, how did I know what? He said, well, you called and left a message for me and said, you heard about what happened last night. How did you know? I said, was on the news? He said, I don't think you understand. We lost our son last night. Oh, my gosh. He said, I've got to go. They haven't been able to identify him yet. And I've been up, and I didn't even have a chance to tell him or ask him. And I thought, my word, what am I going to, I can't call him and bother him. And the next morning he called me back and he said, uh, it's just, uh, Cindy, this is Dave. It's been terrible. They haven't been able to identify our son. And I don't know. And he, he just sounded horrific. I mean, and I said, Dave, are you sitting down? I said, can you just tell me? I didn't even know his son's name. I said, did your son have long blonde hair and blue eyes and wear a short black leather jacket? And he said, yes. I said, well, he came to me the morning after the fire and said, please call my father. And when I opened my phone book, your name was at the top of the page. And he said, well, I guess Nikki know, knew who to go to to let us know that he was okay. And Dave, um, as, part of, as, as part of his working through his own grief, wrote a book. Because Nicky was obsessed throughout his young life. He was only 18 years old. He wow. was the youngest victim with the number 41, the number 41. Now, if you notice on my office phone number, I didn't yes. ask, I did not ask for that phone number. The phone company gave me 
885-4115. Isn't that something? The station nightclub is located at 41 degrees longitude, 41 degrees latitude. They've had so many signs with the number 41. And so Dave, is, as part of his healing process, wrote a book about his beloved son, Nikki, oh who was gosh. a brilliantly talented young man who comes to me often. We'll have to hold that up for them so we can probably get that close up. And the book is called 41 Signs of Hope. I think we can come over to here. And I'll show the front of the book, 41 and, Signs of Hope. And it's, um, it's a lovely book. It's, uh, it's, about, it's about all of the different experiences and signs that people have gotten from Nikki with the number 41. And I am the first, uh, I am the first chapter in the book uh, I call my father. It certainly is the first beginning of that journey. And um, for Dave and Joanne, it, it has been a journey because uh, when they came to me, I told them that Nikki wanted them to find a manuscript that was important to him. And they located it. And uh, Nikki was only 18 when he was in the fire. And when he was 16, he wrote a play called They Walk Among Us. Oh, my goodness. And it's about three young people that cross over and become guardian angels for other young people. And that play has been uh, produced by Nikki's older brother, Chris. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. This young man who only came here for 18 years and so many days, which come out to 41, by the way. Um, and then his brother and uh, their friend Christian de Resendez did uh, a documentary which has won a number of prizes and I'm also in the documentary. Oh nice! 41 the movie and uh, people can can order that and, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm not pushing anybody's I've products never, yeah, but it's, I just, uh, uh, that's it's quite a wonderful documentary uh, it's about and, and in it um, one of the mediums who I truly respect, who is a British medium, Robert Brown, um, he's interviewed in the documentary. He's also in the book. And um, so uh, there are signs. And our loved ones uh, who have crossed over send us signs in different ways. The, the number 41 pops up all over the place. Of course, Nikki sends me people sometimes to, you know, who are in need. Or if someone comes who's lost a child, he'll, he'll just, his spirit will just say, 
it's because of me that they're here. Sometimes he's very funny. I, th I think people, you know, I, there are so many dimensions to life. Uh, life here, life in the afterlife. Um, because as I said, I truly believe the soul is eternal. Um, and sometimes, uh, I think people don't realize that when a person has a sense of humor or is mischievous here, often when they cross over to the other side, they, they, retain, a, they retain that <laughs> sense of those humor. Those qualities. You know, or, um, you know, if they like to play practical jokes. Um, <laughs> So the other book that I would like to suggest to your, you know, to your, your viewers is a wonderful book that's uh, written by the Guggenheims, by Bill Guggenheim and Judy Guggenheim. And it's based on research uh, that they did, uh, what they call after-death communication, or ADC, which is a little... Um, Wish they. I, I don't like to use the word dead because, as I said, the soul is eternal. And here's my favorite symbol, the butterfly. Do you know what? I have a few people that I know, um, one particular friend, that sees butterflies all the time. Me too. <laughs> when you even it, even even like my dove that appears in yes. February, and sometimes, you know, I and it doesn't matter where they are. There is a butterfly that crosses over. The um, butterflies are, they're such, there was a monarch butterfly that I saw, and, and it was just kind of, just on the, on the ground, just posing for me. And I thought, <laughs> aren't you beautiful, aren't you, right, waiting for the camera, take one. And I said, aren't you beautiful, and then just, made its wings so I could see the other side of its wings and it was just so beautiful um, butterflies are a symbol of transformation yes is there anything you'd like to ask me well I wanted to um, <laughs> viewers well no and of course this hello from heaven I think is a, is a special a book for people that's a yes. wonderful book you know, the thing is that if you go to the self-help department of bookstores, you'll find a multitude of books. And a lot of them are self-published. So I would suggest to people that they, if they read a book, and, and there are some wonderful books, and then there are books that, if something resonates for you, okay. And if you don't agree with something, mm -hmm. there, there are some wonderful books, but they're also, you know, like anything. I know, first of all, with all the things that you teach, uh, that you talk with uh, people in your office, first yes. of all, we need to give them some contact information. Okay. So if we could start off with that. Well, I have a private practice in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. And um, I see private clients who have uh, gone through a loss. Um, 
for spiritual counseling or mediumship work. Um, I also do general intuitive work. As I mentioned before, I also do integrative healing. I teach meditation and uh, there are a few workshops and classes that I teach um, on creating celestial connections, which is the angel workshop, uh, creating spiritual connections, which is to help people understand uh, the signs that come through their loved ones. And the phone number there is, get a pen, <laughs> 401, area code, 885-4115, or as Nikki says, 4115. <laughs> Because, I mean, you know, there are people, viewers, um, that, ha you know, don't realize that what you've talked about or the experiences uh, they've come across, that they are signs, or they might be at a loss of who to contact, where to go. I mean, they see some of these shows with uh, some spiritual mediums, and some of them... Uh, well, they're, you know, unfortunately, Hollywood has... Uh you know, it's hooray for Hollywood. Yes, some of the is. some of the programs are a little over theatricalized or scary, and um, you know people are scared out of their wits, or they'll say, "Ooh, this is sacrilegious," and it really isn't. Um, or it they they don't uh, they, they over theatricalize certain things, or they. Um, you know, and for a while, everybody was walking around joking and saying, "I see dead people." <laughs> you know, that was well the, because I the, see yes, dead people. that was the movie they and, came you know, out with. And then some of the things that were jumping out at them. I mean, if you know anyone who saw that movie would probably be scared to come and see me because they right. think something weird was going to jump out in my <laughs> office. You know, the only thing that happens, the light might flicker. The the ringer on the outside door might go off, and I'll uh, the the other holistic practitioners and uh, neuromuscular therapists that I share my suite with always joke and say, mm, "Is it one of your imaginary friends? <laughs> one of your no, no, one of your invisible friends coming?" I say, "Yes, or they're leaving." But and, they might have an experience that they can't explain, right? And. You know, there might have someone, a friend or a coworker, that they really don't want to express that because they're kind of hmm, not sure how people are going to take it. Are they going to think I'm crazy? That's <laughs> they, what I always hear. You know, are they going to think I'm crazy? And people aren't going to have the same take of what that experience is. Right. So to be able to have someone, you know, be able to explain to them you know, what's happening or question what's happening and that it's not a bad thing, the, I think the, is important. The other thing, you know, when you, if, if people do go to someone who claims to be a medium or intuitive, insist on specificity, insist on specifics. If someone comes through they will come through with specifics. They'll come through with specific names. Now, why do they do that? They do that to assure that the person sitting opposite me knows it's them. I don't know their relatives. I don't know their friends. Why would they be mentioning Edward? I don't know who that is. So insist 
on specificity. You know, if someone, if you go to someone and they say, the sun will shine for you tomorrow, okay, well, we know that. <laughs> but give me a specific message. Right. How do I know it's my relative? How do I know it's my child? And usually the person who has crossed over or passed over will give something. I always say I put my intuitive foot in my mouth because sometimes I will even say or use phrases that, that people that use. That loved one had used. Right, and they'll say, that's just what my mother used to say. <laughs> or that's just what my brother used to say. Or that's just what my husband used to say. Which then gives them the faith they're sitting with someone who's not going to be taking advantage or right. come across. Uh, and I didn't no. think about that. Mm, but the specifics, right. I think, are very important to people because they when they go to someone or they're in a very large room, because a lot of them will go to this big seminar in an auditorium. And, and the chances of them getting a message with 2,000 people there. Mm -hmm. As John Edwards said when he came to Rhode Island a few years ago, someone asked, well, how do you know who's going to come through? And he said, usually the loudest Italian. <laughs> so keep, make sure your relatives are very loud. Well, we've come down to the last minute, Cindy. I want to thank you so much for thank coming you. today um, and bringing your angel because I... Uh, oh, I brought a whole flock. <laughs> of course. I didn't, uh, I didn't question any of that, but I think it's important for people to have faith um, look around, pay attention to messages that they're getting, but um, give Cindy a call. I mean, she's absolutely fabulous, and there are a lot of people out there that are having experiences that just don't know what to do with that experience, and Cindy Gilman will certainly lead you on that pathway. Thank you very much for coming. You're welcome. I just want to end with a little quote. Each day is an opportunity to create spiritual connections. Celebrate the miracles. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. God bless. You too. Thank you from a woman's outlook. This is Cindy Gilman, and you're listening to Discover Your Potential. So until next time, do something nice for yourself, but do something nice for someone else.